I'm Donovan Kane. Welcome back to the podcast and this full-length audiobook presentation of Red Sin, book number one of the Sin series, written by New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal best-selling author Aletha Romig, and read to you by Samantha Prescott and Stephen Dexter. And now, Episode 6 of Red Sin. Chapter 6. Julia. Miss McGrath, the older gentleman asked, standing to shake my hand. I reached forward and shook Mr. Field's hand. Thank you for seeing me today. I was surprised you were able to get here so soon. We've had some difficult weather. Warmth filled my cheeks as I recalled the difficult weather. Yes, I had a problem with my rental car. Thankfully, Chase at the automotive shop was able to rescue it and all of my belongings. I was currently dressed for success. With a silk blouse, high-waisted black slacks, and high-heeled black boots, I wasn't left to interview in a shirt owned by a man with only a first name. Yet, as I stood in the office of Fields and Smith, I knew that the white ribbon had taken me to a place that not only rescued me from the cold, but also showed me that I could survive without Skylar or life's well-laid plans. You're wrong, Van. I don't regret a thing. That was my thought as I waited for my interview. I deleted the numerous text messages from Skylar from my now fully charged phone. I'd spoken to my mother. She was caught somewhere between supporting my decision and not. There's more than love involved here, she told me more than once. She was right. There was also fidelity and trust. I'd also spoken to my friend Vicky. She was supposed to be my bridesmaid. Vicky, Beth, and I had been close since high school. Vicky was shocked to hear my news. I swear, if I knew, I'd have told you, she'd said. I wanted to believe her, unwilling to lose both of my best friends to Skylar's infidelity. Over the past few days, I'd also gotten a feel for the beautiful Great Lake Shore town. Ashland was a city with a small town feel. Despite the snowfall, the streets and sidewalks were cleared, allowing residents and visitors to walk about. From my hotel, I found the cafes, restaurants, and stores inviting and the people welcoming. Many of the downtown buildings had some of the prettiest murals I'd ever seen. Mr. Fields appeared. Miss McGrath, Mr. Sherman will see you now. Is he your client? I asked. Yes, ma'am, Donovan Sherman is a private man. He'll have the only voice in your hiring. Please don't take it personally if he decides against it. As I said, he's private and particular. He wanted to see me. Yes, I can't promise you more than that. As I walked down the hallway toward the conference room, a step behind Mr. Fields, I decided private would be nice. If I got the job offer, I liked the idea of having time to myself. Mr. Fields opened the door. The man within, younger than the old man I anticipated, was turned toward the window. His attire was what I'd expected, an expensive suit all the way to the cufflinks and Italian loafers. His shoulders were broad and the suit was custom, accentuating his toned torso and trim waist. 
It was as he turned that I sucked in a breath. The blood drained from my face and my knees felt weak. Mr. Fields, Van said, his green gaze fixed on me. Thank you. I'll let you know if we need you. Mr. Sherman, I'm willing to stay and- Van interrupted. That won't be necessary. As Van spoke, the fire from the cabin ignited in his eyes. Once Mr. Fields was gone, Van came closer. Am I to think this was all coincidental? You said your name was Van. Donovan, Van is shortened. Honestly, Mr. Fields had never told me his client's name. Shaking my head, I turned to leave. I'm sorry, Mr. Sherman, this isn't what I was- He reached for my hand. When I saw the name Julia on the schedule and read your resume, I had to know if it was you. My hand tingled in his with the electricity of our first touch. I, I, I'm not looking for anything except a job to take me away from my life. Write my story, Julia. Once you learn about the real me, you'll be able to see me for the wolf I warned you I am. You want me to stay? You realize the job description includes living on my estate. A smile crept across my lips. Estate? It's one room. No, that was a cabin on the outskirts of my property. You'll have your own suite. Isn't that generous? His green eyes shimmered. At first, Van opened a briefcase on the table and removed something small, holding it in his hand. I got this object on the far-fetched chance that Julia McGrath was Julia no last name. What is it? Will you take the job? I don't need the money, I said. I want you to know that. Van's head tilted. Before you answer, I have an even more enticing proposition. My pulse increased. I'm only looking for a job. I told you that I'm a wolf in business. I take opportunities when they present themselves. I shook my head. I just walked away from a relationship that involved a business. And Skylar Butler fucked your best friend. I sucked in a breath. How do you know that? You told me. I never told you his name. Van's jaw clenched. Do you want to fuck him back? I took a step away and walked toward the window, looking out on snow-blanketed Ashland and a frozen Shawamigan Bay. The snow globe had settled over a quaint community. I told you we never- Van was behind me, his warmth on my back and his breath at my collarbone, sending chills over my skin. Figuratively, Julia, I have the answer. Marry me. I spun around until my breasts were against his strong, solid chest. Tilting my chin upward, I asked, what? It can be in name only. You'll live with me. Sex will be discussed. I made some inquiries and called in a few favors. As of this morning, I own 21% of the shares of Wade. Marry me and send Skylar and Marlon Butler into bankruptcy, or at least out of Wade Pharmaceutical. I don't know how you know this. Did you save me for this reason? He laughed. I had no idea who you were, just as you didn't know who I was. He lifted my left hand. 
I'm well aware that you don't need money, but you do need controlling interest in your family's company. Without that controlling interest, you'll need money. Your father's paranoia is justified, the threat just not coming from the direction he believes. Marlon Butler has been in negotiations with two large pharmaceutical companies. He has plans for Wade. He's been biding his time, waiting for his son to marry you to make himself very wealthy at the expense of your family's company. I couldn't believe what Van was saying, and at the same time, I did. I imagined a grand scheme orchestrated by Marlon Butler. I knew deep down that the man who claimed to be my father's best friend was capable of what Van suggested. Does Skylar know? Is he part of the plan or an unknowing pawn like myself? Marry me, Julia. You don't need the money, but together we'll secure controlling interest in Wade Pharmaceutical. And as a bonus, I'll enjoy watching the butler squirm. Van, I, I don't know you. You know what it's like to have me inside you. His voice dropped an octave, twisting my core. You yourself said you and Butler never went that far. You were going to marry a man you didn't really know, one who fucked your best friend. Marry one who you know can satisfy you. Still holding my left hand, Van turned my palm up and laid something light in my grasp. When his hand moved, I saw it, a white ribbon. Say yes, say the white ribbon brought us together. My heart beat against my breastbone as I stared down at the coiled ribbon in my hand. When I looked up, his emerald stare was on me. Come, Miss McGrath, I require an answer. If I say yes, is that my invitation to you? Are you asking if the rest is up to me? If from now on I'm in control? I nodded, remembering what he'd said as he joined me in the bed. Do you regret following that rule in the cabin? No, but even you said that rules have exceptions. Not that one. My rule hasn't changed. He grinned. That doesn't mean I won't enjoy your plays for power. Let's see where this ribbon leads. Marry me. Will I regret it? I asked, recalling Van's warning from before. Maybe. When I didn't respond, he added, less than you'd regret marrying Butler. His eyebrows rose. Your answer? It was the most insane thing I'd ever contemplated doing. And I'd contemplated more than a few less than sane things over my 24 years. Seeing Van with my smaller hand in his, for the first time, I felt the flutter that was supposed to accompany this question. With his intense gaze shining down on me, it was only the two of us as it had been in that cabin. There was no large hall filled with people and no big presentation. My answer wouldn't incite cheers and applause. No one would hear it except the man who proposed. There wasn't even a ring, only a white ribbon. I closed my fingers around the ribbon. Yes, Van, I'll marry you. The end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Red Sin, book number one of the Sin series. Written by New York Times, USA Today, 
and Wall Street Journal best-selling author Aletha Romig, and read to you by Samantha Prescott and Stephen Dexter. You can find out more about Aletha Romig and her books at aletharomig.com. Find out more about the show at steamystoriesforwomen.com.